He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him. Isaiah 49, verse 5. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today is designated as a World Mission Sunday in our calendar, which is a, the way in which the church, through this sort of calendar of the church year, reminds us, uh, at least annually, that we are, in fact, <clears throat> on a mission, which I can't say without thinking of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> but we are on a mission to the whole world. Um, it's a mission that's been ongoing now for 2,000 years since our Lord Jesus, in his second to last thing that he said before he ascended, what we call the Great Commission, the mission that he gave to the apostles, right? Go out into all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that he commanded. Um, we are not, each of us, called to be overseas missionaries. Some of us are. Perhaps one or two of you here are. I wonder, in fact, what might be in store for baby James as he grows up uh, to be baptized on World Mission Sunday. Uh, it's an exciting prospect. Um, but the foreign mission field is only one of many callings, in our, but we are in fact all called to be a part of world mission, whether or not we are individually called to go overseas. The Bible um, tells us actually in several ways. Christ in the gospel that we just heard calls us to pray for the raising up and the sending off of missionaries. That's something that should be a part of our prayers. That when you find out and you hear in the news about some group of people in which the church is not well established, where the gospel has not been received, just, just pray for five seconds. Lord, send a missionary to that country. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, a frequent prayer. It should be. Jesus says, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So we should pray. Um, we can support foreign missionaries financially, um, as in fact you did this week. Uh, whether you know it or not the, about this week, you approved a budget a few months ago which had $1,500 designated to send to um, our brother bishop in rural Uganda to support his rural clergy who are on the frontiers of mission taking the gospel into rural Uganda. And that's six months of salary in Uganda uh, for a single clergy person. So we help fund, here we are in Opelika, and not just some missionary where we don't know who he is. We visited him. He's visited us a couple times. Um, he's working sort of under the same discipline and structure and prayer book as we are. Uh, and he, as a bishop, sort of an arch missionary, is sending out rural clergy out into the, way out into the sticks in the Diocese of Sebe. Um, so today, you, your gifts to this church um, funded missions overseas. Um, most of you, many of you may not know the Rose family. How many of you remember Eric Rose, who used to be a part of the church before they moved to Virginia? Yeah. Um, I got an email from him just a month or two ago um, saying that he's been called to the foreign mission field and he's doing um, preparation, he's doing seminary training um, at the Anglican Seminary in Pittsburgh and they're planning, God willing, to move to Kazakhstan in 2022. I was like, wow, awesome. So the, the Lord does call out of our midst foreign missionaries. There we go, right? He, he was just worshiping with us together, and all of a sudden the Lord's called him out to Kazakhstan, of all places. Um, I printed out a newsletter that he just produced um, on the back table. If you'd like to grab one, feel free to. Um, if you want to reach out to him, I think he'd be encouraged by that. And um, uh, if you want his contact information, just let me know. I'm happy to get it for you. So that's really exciting to see that the Lord, out of Opelika, is going to Kazakhstan. 
um, as well, in our, one of the sort of surprise features of our kind of globalized age is that all the nations and the races of the earth now get on airplanes and move to different places. And that even right here, we have Koreans and Guatemalans and Mexicans and international students from dozens and dozens of countries attending the university, right? We're actually kind of all cross-pollinated now um, in this globalized age. So being able to reach out to the nations with the gospel is a much closer task than it used to be. We're all called to play a role in world missions. Um, as well as these ways that I've mentioned, which are sort of standard things I assume you've heard sermons on before. There's one other way um, to be a part of world missions, and I think it's a little paradoxical, but I think it's here in Isaiah, so bear with me here. I actually think that when we pursue a strong personal discipleship of Jesus Christ in our own lives, we are contributing to world mission. Here's, here's how, here's how. Um, Lee County is a part of the world, right? Go out into all the world. And Jesus, when he ascends into heaven, he says, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth, which paraphrases your own hometown, your state, and every corner of the world. All three are part of world mission, and they're not competitive. That's the thing. I want to kind of bundle it all together. Some of you might be called to go to Kazakhstan or somewhere just as far away. Um, we're all called to be invested in the global mission, but when it comes to investing the hours of our day, most of you will be called to mission here on the home front, in, Jer in Jerusalem, metaphorically speaking, right? Um, and here in the Bible Belt, in the deep uh, heart of the South, many, many people have already heard the gospel. Now, some haven't. We, it says in the scriptures to be always prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. One of the things I pray to be on the lookout for is, Lord, I would love to have a conversation where I get to share the gospel. Don't worry, Claire. Welcome to the new club. Blessed <laughs> babies to church. <laughs> You've now been initiated. <laughs> um, um, in the, I pray that, that how fun it would be to have a conversation with someone who hasn't heard about Jesus. Like, Lord, please orchestrate that. I'd love to bump into someone at the coffee shop while I'm standing line who just has no idea, and I get to be the one to tell them. Um, that would be really exciting. And it happens sometimes. Um, but most of the folks that we know and bump into have already heard the gospel with their ears. They, they know the message. What, what will be sort of a stronger communication at this point would be the testimony of a transformed life. And we're not able to transform our own lives. No one can just sort of wave the fairy dust and be like, hey, now I'm a great Christian. Right? We can only reach out to God in faith. Say, Lord, make me a great Christian. Right? Make my life more pleasing to you. And we do that through prayer, through participation in the sacraments, through study of his word, through seeking to live in fellowship with each other, um, working through the difficulties together. Right? Through these things, the Lord refines us and, and makes us radiant witnesses to himself, which I think is some of the strongest testimony in a lukewarm age. Someone who's really sincerely trying to follow Christ. Not perfect, um, but sincerely following Christ. This is actually what Isaiah says is at the heart of his gospel. I'm sure most of you have heard Isaiah 49 before. I'd never heard this verse. I mean, I'd heard it, but I never really processed this verse I began with until preparing for this week. Usually we just think about, I'll make you to a light for the nations. And we're like, yeah, world mission. But he begins by saying um, that his life was founded on the call to call Jacob, which was an Old Testament nickname for Israel, God's people, back to God. 
Right? Isaiah's ministry began just preaching to Israelites who already knew about the one true God and already knew how to follow him, but just proclaiming to them, no, come back to him with your hearts and then therefore more fully with your lives. That that's a part of, that's sort of the foundation of mission as it echoes out into the wider world. When we pursue earnest discipleship of Christ, um, our lives are transformed by the power of the Spirit and we testify, we, we contribute to world mission in our area. So I, why I want to link this is I actually think the very liturgical acts that we're going to participate in this morning, um, the baptism of baby James, it's a little part of world mission. Here we are incorporating another infinitely precious human life into the body of Christ, right? <laughs> world mission is being extended in, in many, many different ways. It's overseas missionaries to Kazakhstan, and it's raising a new child in the faith and all that comes with that. The sincerity of faith that's going to be required of parents and godparents to model radiant Christian living to James as he grows up so he can say, wow, being a Christian is an amazing thing. I had great parents and godparents. Um, that is a part of your, that's your contribution, a part of it, to world mission. A life lived sincerely uh, to God. Um, God will involve all of us one way or another in world mission. Um, it's really actually kind of a fun prayer to ask him to show you where. What missionaries might you, be, might you come in contact with? What things, projects might you be called to, to go out and do yourself for the short or the long term? Um, what avenues of discipleship can you pursue in your life to make your life a more radiant testimony um, to Jacob, right? To the church to, in the, the Bible Belt, who's already heard the words but is looking for more evidence of God's presence in our midst. It is his mission, um, and by his grace, the gospel will take root and flourish in every corner of the earth, including every corner of Lee County. Amen.